Hello, everybody. Welcome to Grip Lock Foundation Disc Golf's weekly podcast. I am Zach. This is Hunter. And today we are joined by two special guests. We have Paul Macbeth over there and Brody Smith over here. Thanks, guys, for joining us. We really appreciate it. And we're excited to, uh, you know, talk to all of our uh, fans out there and just have good conversations. I'm going to throw it over to Hunter, who's going to do two off the tee. Hunter, if they're new, tell them what it is. Yeah, so before I get into that, if uh, obviously we only have two mics here, so we might be a little bit quiet. Let us know in the chat. A I little think... bit quiet. <laughs> <laughs> Mine is Brody, but let us know in the chat, and uh, I can adjust things as needed as we get going. But if you're new here, two off the tee is basically how we start off every single podcast, kind of like how you start off every single round with two off the tee. The first one normally comes from social media, Instagram, Twitter, somewhere like that. And the second one comes live from the chat board. Um, but I'm actually going to have Zach pull two off the chat board to get us going. Uh, so if you have any questions for Brody or Paul, now is going to be one of your better times to ask it. Because as we get talking, the chat is going to be blowing up and we're going to be missing questions. So two off the tee, fire them now, and um, we'll pull them. So as uh, these questions are coming in... Really quick, why don't you both kind of give us an update, disc golf-wise, what's life looking like right now um, with the tour canceled? What have you been up to during this off-season 2.0? Uh, Paul, you want to start us off? Yeah, I'm trying to put my uh, question in here, but it won't load. So, uh, <laughs> you trying to ask a question? <laughs> yeah, I was going to, but it won't load. Ask your own question? I like um, it. Smart. Yeah, but it's, it's going well. I think, um, I don't even know how long it's been. Okay, I have tournament. one good question here. All right, cool. Oh, Anyways, straight off. <laughs> hey, yeah. I'm just saying, I know I want to ask this question because we've been so talking just about this. Scroll up so it stays there. It doesn't look All right. Okay. But yeah, no, it's been good. Getting a lot of projects done at home. Um, just got back from a trip, which was really awesome to finally, you know, go somewhere. Um, and just having fun. Filming a lot. Playing a lot of disc golf now. And then, uh, yeah, that's really it kind of starting to starting to hear when tournaments are going to happen so that's kind of exciting because mm -hmm. um, now i actually have i kind of have a date in mind that i'm like all right i'm gonna be ready to get on the road by this time which it really hasn't been like that leading up to this point so, so. Is, is that a public date like that you're cool with like saying like this is the date that you have in mind of like you're being you're being back on the road or uh not yet because nothing like we're still hearing things are getting canceled okay in one area and now they might come up in this other area like it might be a different part of the country but the same weekend so I don't know, I don't know what's solidified yet, but I think we'll find out. I think we'll find out. I think tomorrow or within the next couple of days, or the next yeah, week I or so. Yeah, I think there's something about saying uh, a new announcement on uh, the schedule. Okay. But then again, it's like I feel like that's all up in the air still. There's, yeah. I, there's, it's. I feel like it's hard to have anything super concrete right now. Yeah, yeah. for sure. But I definitely have. I know for a fact, I'm gonna have like be going somewhere in July. Okay. So okay. I know that. I, there could be stuff sooner, but I'm not sure yet. I gotcha. So what about you, Brody? What have you been up to during this uh, second off season you found yourself in? Yeah, I mean, obviously trying to learn as much as I possibly can. Um, I think this has given me a little bit more time to gain uh, some more comfort with the discs in my bag. Mm -hmm. um, still a lot. I mean, Paul was showing me some discs that he's been throwing the last couple of weeks that I've, you know, I've never even tried. So. Yeah. Still a lot of discs that I could be missing out on, but I think I use this time to uh, solidify some things, get a lot better short game. Um, and then the thing I've been working on, I would say the most, is just trying to get back into shape. So uh, losing a lot of weight, working out and stuff, which this trip I've done probably a terrible job of. <laughs> uh, 
I mean, just in the past day, I know what I've eaten is the same thing. Yeah, you it's not good. Bad, so. Kel- Kelsey's watching. She's gonna be like, "What the heck?" But uh, yeah, when I get back, I'll get I get back to Dallas tomorrow, and I'll get back on the grind and uh, yeah, get back in shape. Also, I like your sweatshirt today. Yeah, I was gonna say. Yeah, nice yeah. Sweatshirts. So it is. It is forty-five degrees in here. <laughs> I have. Chance. I have a blanket underneath. Yeah, we both. <laughs> This was their this was their plan is to get us down here, forty five degrees. I was wearing a t shirt and they're like, uh, we have these sweet foundation disc golf hoodies if you want to wear them. We happen to have both your exact yeah. sizes. So now we're in now we're in the merch. So I, it's a smart plan by you guys. Hats off to you. But it was it was absolutely freezing. I mean, it's still cold. I'm glad I'm wearing shoes too. Yeah, yeah my feet. Feet. I had to go get mine. My feet would be absolutely terrible right now. I think part of the problem is I opened the vents down here, and it's been hot upstairs, so the AC's been blasting, yeah. and you know, heat all rises, so we're just <laughs> we're just frozen down here. So Zach, you said you had some good two off the tee uh, pulled for us. Here. Yeah, I do have a great first one so far. This is from Logan Rieger. Uh, this conversation I know the three or the four of us have had uh, yesterday in the car, but uh, this is for Paul. I'm going to put you on the spot. Oh, this isn't for You'll Hunter. See. Just, oh, okay. Yeah, no, it's for you. Paul, how many years do you think Brody will need to win a world title? Mm. <laughs> We're getting right into this. <laughs> yeah, we are. <laughs> Put oh. him on the spot. How many years? Well, we had this conversation already. They, they've all they haven't heard my opinion. Yeah, they've heard your opinion, but oh, they haven't yes. heard what he said. So oh. they know my prediction. Yeah, that was in the, our last video. When I hit thirty-five, I'm done. Is what you said. Okay, that's not the way I put it. That's what you said. That's just how oh. the math added up. Yeah, but I think I think Brody was saying the next two to three years. Is that what you were calling? I think yeah. I think I think two to three years 35. is when I'll be competitive. Thirty-five. When I'll be able. To, I mean, thirty-five. Thirty-five. Yeah. I mean, I think it's. I think it's obviously impossible to say, especially in this sport. I think it's impossible to say like, um, oh yeah, I, I definitely am going to win it yeah. a certain year because of just how you know injuries can happen, mm-hmm. but also courses. Some courses I. Uh, right now there's some courses i like better than others yeah. that fit my game so yeah. it's impossible to say but i would say competitive was, two to three years was this for for worlds or is this just any tournament world, title. world. Oh. world title. yeah i think two to three years is fair to start competing i think that's when yeah. they start all all clicking because i mean you got the putting down that's the most important part mm-hmm. uh, you know to keep you in it and it mentally i think it eases a lot of things when you when you have the confidence in your putt so yeah, and at I, that point too, like me. two or three years in, I'm gonna pretty much have a, a real good understanding of all my discs. And yeah, be, yeah, and I think be confident in what I can throw with them. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Uh, and I think uh, you're working. You know, the work you're putting in is is more than I've ever seen anyone yeah. do. So we'll see what happens. I'm yeah. trying to make it happen. In yeah. regards to the 35 age, I did not do the math <laughs> of like this is how old Paul will be. I told him my prediction. He goes, "So about the time Brody wins his first world is when I'm just done." He's like, yeah. "So I hit 35 and I should retire?" Yeah, he's saying Brody should win his when he hits 35. Maybe and I maybe I force you I force you out of the sport. Maybe That's Brody forces kind of... you into retirement. Yeah, like no. I'm I'm your uh <laughs> you never win again. Who am I? Loses? Am yeah. I your Isaiah Thomas? <laughs> did he ever win? wait who who yeah what made like isaiah thomas is like the what, uh, what kind of made jordan like i mean obviously he was just dumb but who was the guy the that was pushing him no no like players Krause. what were the players his last year before he quit for those couple years okay, we, okay for baseball for baseball i'm not sure 
Like when I'm trying to remember what teams he played. The chat would know. What, what were the? What was the? Uh, was it the Knicks then, or Knicks is later? I think Knicks was later. I think they were having trouble beating the Pistons. The, and the Pistons Celtics early. And yeah. Then they, then they finally got over it. So was it Thomas that kind of? Yeah, they hated him. Yeah. They hated. Him. So still I might, him. I might be Isaiah Thomas. I was gonna say according to the last dance. So that means that when Paul reclaims his ground. You just got to walk off the court. Yeah, no Paul's going to leave for ice, like, you know, ice skating or I'll some sort of figure skating, figure skating or something. I'll probably just go out like MJ did, and, you know, off the titles, you know, off the three-peat and just go. Yeah, but you have to leave first and then come back more hungry. I, that's first, what I'm saying. I mean, this, this is my leave right now. Oh, you're leave leaving right now yeah, during yeah, yeah. Cor- Corona. Yeah, yeah, I'm just going to count it. No, yeah. I almost said Coro- uh, Corona <laughs> that's from what, Halo. That's what Jordan did is he left during the strike, right? Someone said the basketball strike. That something he like that. Oh, yeah. yeah, that is right. Yeah. Oh, so this is kind of the same thing. There's All many right. different teams being thrown out, out there. Magic and Rockets, Pistons, Pacers. <laughs> Wait! Don't stop. I'm just doing an Instagram story, guys. We're live on uh, on Foundation Disc Golf. Swipe up, join in. <laughs> All right, let me go over to the super chat. Julian. Why did everyone just stop talking? We didn't know. Julian Adams. He says, uh, "Sup, Paul? Biggest influence into disc golf." That was Julian Adams. Is that a question or is he no, telling me? I think he's telling super you. Chat. Oh, well, yeah. It was a super you. chat. Thank you. And then another super chat. Lucas says, hey, guys, just want to say thanks for all of your efforts over the last few days and the disc signings and videos. Great stuff. Okay. So. Uh, should we do an update on disc signings right <laughs> yeah, now? Wait, hold on. What My did, gosh. What did yesterday look like? That was uh, 9 a.m. to 3 a.m.? Yes. Uh, we went to bed at 4 a.m. We're not even done yet. got back to the office at 9 a.m. 9 a.m. till so, now, and then we're going back right after this back. podcast to yep. finish it up. Um, and Brody flies uh, out at 7. 7 tomorrow. in the morning yeah, tomorrow. So. Well, don't say that. I don't want people showing up at the airport at 7 o'clock. <laughs> Paparazzi, guys. <laughs> Paparazzi. So I want to I hit this age thing again. So I want to oh question. No, because I have a legitimate question regarding okay, so this age. Okay, let's hear it. So... In y'all, both of your heads, which Brody, you might not know this yet, so more to Paul. No, I've, I, I know. So what is the, the like, I don't want to say peak, but the Also, age... you guys can scoot over a little bit. Like, there's, you get I'm right all three Paul. of you. I think you can Look scoot Look how tight Brody. you guys are. Keep going, keep going. There's space, yeah. I can, can space, hit there. Yeah, you can space nice. there. Oh, oh, look at that. I was, I, was I was scared of the guy. Okay, you guys so... are really tight. <laughs> what is the, like... Body warmth. Last like group of competitive years, like what is that age range in your head where you're? This is the last, and on average, not necessarily you. On average, the last competitive years in a uh, open field. I mean, there's there's those ones that stick out, you know, like the McCrays, the Schultz, the Patrick Browns. So I mean, it could be upwards to fifty, you <laughs> know, forty-five to fifty. Airport uh, that you're gonna be at tomorrow morning. Oh, no, <laughs> Sorry, it's gonna go be ahead. one terminal, so <laughs> it's not gonna be hard to find them. I'm Sorry, wearing sunglasses. No one will recognize me. <laughs> but um, I mean, it depends on you know how you take care of your body and how you. Uh, so keep your answer your is like for... upper forties, low fifty. I think I would say forty-five is where it could be like forty-five. Forty-five is where it 40, starts 41. to go like. You might be up there for one tournament, and then you might be fortieth at so the next. But what's that like breaking 70. point? What goes? Because obviously you can still be a great putter at that. I age. think is it just distance. Oh, well, <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> I love this topic. Um, <laughs> it used to be distance before this technology, but now older players can throw just as far because everything's get, all these fastest are being created flippier. So okay. you know, older players or people that can't throw as far are actually getting this distance with the understable disc. So. You know, disc technology is really helping a lot of players in that aspect. So, um, 
you know, I think I think if you were to ask that question like the '90s or early 2000s, it would 100 percent be distance. distance yeah. Dude, does everyone know that? Like, if you unless you have like a crazy good arm, throw an understable disc to get more distance. I feel like people don't know that. I've played with tons of people, and they're all throwing super overstable discs. Yeah, I think get, that's a big yeah, big reason. They try to know, flex them out. The, the big reason I got put out the Hades. Yeah, for that reason, you know. The, yeah, the, if uh, that the, is that like I don't. You're looking at comments, but I'm curious. Like, I was just shocked with. It didn't take me long to figure out. Like, holy cow! I can throw this on a hyzer. It can f- turn all the way over and then keep going straight. Yeah. Versus like throwing a flex shot and then having it flip real quick and go in the ground. Yeah. I don't know. The nuke SS. Huh? Yeah, the it's, nuke SS. But right like, on. I don't know. Is is that like just? Do they do, and this is more maybe like uh, just kind of throwing it out to people and, and seeing what you guys, I don't know if you guys, you guys don't really play, I would say, with like randos up here that much. I play with Hunter. At club events. <laughs> club events. When they happened. Yeah. yeah. Like, do yeah. you see a lot of new players though, like moving straight, like the first couple drivers they get are like overstable, like yeah, 100%. super stable drivers? A lot of times I think it's they, they want to mimic what the pros are doing. Yeah. So, uh that disc used to be the destroyer now it might be the zeus in the force and the destroyer as well the destroyer is always gonna be one of those common denominators Mm -hmm. of like you're throwing 300 you have no reason to have a destroyer in your bag or a force in your bag because that's just gonna be your headwind fighting disc yeah but because paul throws a force on flatter and little annie and does a full flight you're thinking oh the force is that disc that gets me to that level Mm. or it should be instead the hades is that next step for me, and then maybe the Nuke SS, and now I can throw the Force at that level. Because the Hades might be, at your arm speed, the disc that flies for you, like the Force flies for Paul. Because yeah. Paul's throwing 600, and we're throwing 400. Yeah. And that 200-foot gap. So I think it's just something that, it's a hard thing to understand, because everyone wants to be throwing the Force, or the Zeus, or the Destroyer, or the Ballista, whatever's in pro's bags. Yeah. But it's that flippy disc that gets you to that level i think a big part of it is this is one of the few sports if not the only sport where you can buy a, a pro model yeah. for the same price as a normal disc you right. know if mm. you're gonna buy a tennis racket if you're buying the pro model it's way more expensive yeah. than mm, that's true yeah the normal golf clubs one. baseball glove. yeah so is it the way it's marketed yeah i would say well here's here's what i i would actually say it's similar to golf where you're going to buy the same head of a driver, but something that a professional, the shaft that a professional is going to use is going to be way stiffer than the shaft of a uh, amateur. Yeah. It's going to be way more flex because, yeah. it, and I think that's what disc golf, I think it's going to get there too with the technology of like understanding things is going to get there as far as weight is concerned, like the lower the weight, all this, all, you know, plastics, all that stuff. I think it's still very new, but eventually I think it'll get to the point of where it's golf, where you can go in and throw a disc and they can speed gun it and Mm -hmm. see how fast it's coming out of your hand and basically say, Hey, at that speed, if you want to throw a Zeus, it might be best to throw it at 165 grams. Okay. Right. Yeah, yeah. So because you have like a disc fitting that you go. Yeah, through. because that's what you do in golf. You go and you swing. Like right now, if any three of you guys try to swing my golf clubs, it would be terrible for you. Because I swing. I'm. I don't know. I haven't seen you play. Hey, but I'm assuming. Correctly with you I'm assuming <laughs> my club head speed is a lot higher. Yeah. So when I swing at a faster rate, 
I need something super stiff because if I have something lighter and snappier, when I come down that fast, the club is actually going to get in front of my hands and it's gonna cause for a lot of issues. So I think it might not be as drastic, but I do think the better we get at understanding these discs and mm-hmm. understanding, oh wait, like, yeah, the Zeus is awesome, but it's way better for me at a lighter weight and in this plastic yeah. versus just going with, I don't know, whatever. I think also that's just going to open the door of like, everyone's going to be different and we can all pick different discs that work best for our game. Yeah. I if know. that makes sense. Exactly. And I think like the Hades, I think that's a great like disc in the sense of getting people comfortable throwing more of an understable disc Yeah. versus saying, no, I want this huge, like beefy disc. Yeah. Nuco S. Yeah. That was one of the questions was what was a good list of understable drivers for like a beginner player? Well, we yeah, we can tell you the discraft ones, or at least yeah. I'll tell you the yeah. ones. So Kelsey, for example, she does not have a huge arm speed, but she throws the thrasher really well. Okay. So she loves the thrasher. Thrasher's in my back. No, my dog just cried. Dog just oh, cried I thought you were like, looking at like. No, I threw no, the thrasher in my back. Thrasher. It sounded like it got like destroyed upstairs. Oh, yeah, he did. It Hopefully, might, it's okay. It might have. It was struggling on those wood floors. Um, <laughs> yeah. But the thrasher, I think the thrasher's great. I think the Avenger SS is good. That's I what think Hannah was throwing in the, the Avenger SS. Did, yeah. I think the heat is re- uh, mm-hmm. the heat is probably pretty solid for like really really new players. And then I would say the Hades. And then my go-to is the Nuke SS. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and and that's just a feel thing, though. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like, I, for whatever reason, I really, like, for me, if I want to try to throw max distance, I go Nuke SS. If I'm trying to throw, like, a hyzer flip-up that finishes right, I go, with, like, control, I go Hades. Okay. I feel like Hades, I get the distance, but I feel like with the rim being a little smaller, I can control it better. Okay. Where the Nuke SS... If I'm in an open field, I don't really care if I miss 10 feet left, 10 right. feet right. I'm just trying to get as far down as possible I you, yeah. so I can rip it. So, And I, you could probably list off some more. I think that's that pretty, pretty much solid. it. Yeah. Oh, I don't have any more to add. Only thing that I didn't hear I say understable is kind of my wheelhouse. <laughs> Only thing I didn't hear listed that I absolutely love as like a beginner driver is the heat. He said, the heat. said the heat. Oh, I was looking at a super chat. Wow, get lit. Okay, wow. so I'll read right, the super chat. chat, and then I have a question to pose. Well, because um, that was only the first question, right? Uh, How many questions have we gone in? One. A few. Are uh, these all are been... these all super chat questions? No, oh, okay. no, this oh. one's a super chat this question coming oh. up. Some well, of them have just been from my brain. I've been asking. This is not a question. This is another super super chat, but you'll see. Corey Lucas says, "Shout out from Lake Marshall, Paul. The Lions course awaits you. I look forward to seeing Zach and Hunter challenge the lair." Brody, congrats on all the progress you've made since starting. Yeah, I really want to cool. play Lake. That was yeah. a great. That was actually a really nice. I've been getting comment. told to go to Lake Marshall a lot. How far is that I don't know why. It's, it's a like couple two hours. Two and a half, three hours, I think. But I don't know why. That's a when bit, we go, that's a bit of it's a private course. You just gotta, we gotta set it up. I have several people. <laughs> I would I've, say I think pro- it will be fun. I've had several people message me trying to get us out there for videos. So, so when you when you guys it. travel that far, how how many times? Because like in golf. Well, that's just theoretical. Okay. <laughs> when, when I like, if I'm playing golf, for example, uh, at a really nice course, if I'm driving to it, I'm only playing it once and I'm driving back. Yeah. You know, if I drive two hours, I'm playing once I drive back. If I'm flying, then I'll probably stay out there for a day or two and play the course like twice, yeah. two to three times potentially. What is like kind of the di- cause disc golf, you can play way faster. So how does that work? Do you, 
like if this course, if you were gonna go play it, what would be the ideal trip? You're leaving in the morning, playing it like two, three times, and then getting in the car and driving home? I think this course itself has two really nice courses on the same property. Oh, it has two, okay. Yeah, I think it's the Lion and the Lair, right? Or Lion and the Lamb, something like that. There's a there's like a more pro level course, and then a I think it's a more am level course from what I've heard. I've never been there, as I said, but um, so in my head, you drive out there, you play one round on each course, and you drive back. Okay. Now, if we're going to a place like Charlotte, which is like four hours from here, and they have like thirty courses you want to play, mm. then you're you're hitting you know ten courses in a, a day or two, mm. something like that. Yeah. You're you're killing yourself, okay. <laughs> but that way, because when are you gonna drive four hours again? Yeah, yeah. you're you know trying to I mean? play as many courses as possible. Yeah. Okay, that's how I look at it, but. We definitely need to get out there at some point because I have heard every time I mention blah, 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 I think this is the best course in Virginia or pushes for it, everyone's <laughs> like, well, have you played Lake Marshall yet? I'm like, well, no. Yeah. So um, what you, I was... Yeah, you, you said you had another question. Yeah, I was going to say, what I was about to say is I feel like, and correct me if I'm wrong here, I feel like for AM-level male players, when uh, that's when you typically see the like Destroyers, Zeus's, Forces... Explorers, whatever. Not Explorers. That's a bad one. Throw and catch a T-bird. Uh, in the bag, I feel like instead of mimicking, for say, your bag, they should be more looking at Paige Pierce and that level. Because distance-wise, that might be closer to where they're comparing. So you, do you think disc speed, that's a good suggestion? Or do you think that's a no for a certain reason? I would say no because I don't think that distance is the reason someone's an amateur. Like like or an advanced amateur or a beginner. Like someone yeah, could be no. a beginner and be throwing five hundred feet, but they just yeah. I've played with can't some people do anything that can bomb else. It I mean, I could yeah. I could know, throw a forehand four hundred twenty-five. I feet think it's sucking everything else. I'm Different saying these people else. that are throwing a destroyer, like that are throwing three forty, that have no like yeah. You can throw a destroyer three forty, but if you flipped it out with uh, Hades, you might be now pushing closer to four hundred. Should they be looking at the weights and discs that a player like Paige or Cat are throwing versus? the disc and weight that you're throwing, throwing 600. Well, I mean, I, I, mean I, I, again, I think it's situational because I think if at that point they should be working on their form and, and it depends on what they want to do. You know, it depends on if they want to try to get better and become a pro. And then it's like, all right, you need to work on form. Like you should be doing that with your putters, your mid ranges, maybe some slow fairways and actually work on your form to increase your distance okay. and then getting it to that destroyer level. But if you're just happy with where you're at and you play once, twice, maybe just a weekend, then sure, that would that would help. But if you're just going for school, I know like for golf, for me, like if I was to go play a tournament, I would, I would, just do what I know I can do best. Yeah. I wouldn't try to just try new things mm. or, or switch to like yeah certain things. I would just I would want to score the best I can with what I know I can do. All right, dar- throwing it out there, dark horse question. Uh, how do we feel about watching coverage? Because I've done this multiple times, and now that I've been in the sport and I've feel like I have a decent kind of grasp on it. I understand it, but I think some people when they're watching it and they hear, okay, yada yada has got his whatever and he goes and throws it and it flies a certain way and then they go out and they try to throw their disc and it doesn't fly that way. Again, kind of going back to the plastics, the weights, and then also the disc being beat in, Yeah. right? So, like, Paul, you have that Jawbreaker Wasp in your bag. That disc flies probably a little bit more understable than right off the shelf because it's a little beat in, right? Yep. I feel like announcers don't ever uh, really yeah. mention that. That mm. makes sense. Right? And we've talked about how, like, people, like, how many buzzes do you have in your bag? A minimum three. 
Yeah, you have three in Zeus. You have what? Zeus and probably Force. Three. You have a couple, right? Well, and then Force probably three. Yeah, and they don't. <laughs> yeah, and they don't fly the same. You no, have, I have re- three for a reason. For a reason, yeah. and I don't think people understand that because Paul pulls out a Force, and the announcer goes, "Oh, Paul's throwing a Force here," and then he pulls out a Force the next hole, and the announcer goes, "Oh, Paul's pulling a Force here," where Paul knows that both forces fly a little bit different yeah. based off of things. I think that's something that is huge because it could be a really can be very detrimental for some people because yeah. they're like it's not flying the way that yada yada is throwing so that's something i think to keep in mind is when you do get these discs beat in mm. especially an overstable disc and you're like all these guys can flip it up and turn it and then whatever ever and it finishes left it's like well yeah because that has been slammed into a tree a thousand times <laughs> over the last two years yeah for sure you know um, so I think that's just interesting. I don't know. I don't really know if there's a way around that because I think the announcers do the best they can, and it's hard yeah. for them to really know. No, how beat like oh this is. yeah this disc has been in this guy's bag for seven years. Yeah. But just I think that's something to to keep in mind is, you know, I carry two jawbreakers that fly completely different from one another. The zones. Yeah, the two yeah. jawbreaker zones, and uh, you know. I think that could be really confusing if I pull one out and throw and it's very straight and I throw another one out and it, it has a lot of uh, fade to it. And it you know, finishes hard left. So I don't know. I don't know what people are thinking at home, but I know to me, like when I first started playing, I was like, holy cow, these guys, I can't throw anything like this. And it's like, well, I'm not throwing the same disc. Yeah. A lot of people are saying that Ian from Central Go- Central Coast does a good job of doing that. Oh, that's you know, good. How long it's been in someone's bag? Yeah, like thing. pointing out, explaining if that something's beat up in. or not. Yeah. Okay, that's good. Is yeah. that is that something you've struggled with as you've like come into the game? Because obviously you don't have a disc in your bag that's been in your bag for two years. No. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I, yeah. It's it's. I don't even know how that Jawbreaker Zone got beat in. I think it honestly got beat in because I. It was one of the first discs I had, and I was garbage. So I literally threw it into every, every tree. tree. <laughs> like every time I threw it, it was hitting a tree. Yeah. Um, because it really is. And I just learned the term puddle top. Uh-huh. I didn't even know about that. <laughs> we but, just talked about oh, that. Yeah. 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 People are like freaking out about the Get Freakies being puddle top or not for whatever. That thing has like, uh, it's not puddle top, but it has like puddle top areas. Oh, so where it's been hit. So and like it you could, in. you could, yeah, you could put your thumb somewhere, and it feels like it's actually kind of nice because yeah. it's like a little impression. I love those discs. Where other parts, it's up, yeah. right? And um, you should just throw a thumb track disc. Dark horse thumb track. <laughs> well, yeah, like the Banger <laughs> GT. Ringer, Ringer no. G. Ring, yeah, Banger yeah. GT is extreme. I mean, I might need. Oh yeah. I might need. I might need. Is this falling down? Off the edge. I think it's good. It, Are you saying uh, out that way? Yeah, right here. Oh, I think it's yeah. coming down. Oh, okay. You're good. I think we're good. We're good here. Right. Okay. Yeah. Just checking. Um, but yeah, no, I think that's something too that's kind of, kind of crazy in this sport is not only over the years will you get better just form wise and more comfortable, but you'll also start getting these discs that you've thrown for so long that you'll get comfortable with them. Yeah, your bag will be like um, customized to you. Yeah, and and uh, I'm trying not to get too freaky with that because. Uh, like I retired the get freaky black zone because it was my first ace and there's only a hundred of those things. Um, and so I threw it in the water and that was the first time I ever went into a Creek, Uh like knee deep searching for a disc. And I was like, yeah, I got it. And I was like, once I got it, I was like, all right, I can't, I can't throw this anymore. Yeah. So I think, I don't know how Paul that works with you is like, if you have that disc that 
flies differently than any other disc off the shelf yeah. and you're on the first hole of a big tournament and you just dunk it in the middle of a lake that's funny that's the one super chat that was just asked go ahead Wait, I, don't, I don't know the name it's gone can now. you read that yeah but the name is gone you got lazy no wonder you're good at putting but they asked like if i lose a disc that's yeah if i lose a disc that's been beat in oh yeah what do you do if you lose a disc if it's beat in so how do you just yeah so like the jawbreaker wasp, like you see you in the corner of a forest, just taking it and just jacking <laughs> into trees. Uh, no, not that bad. But I, I mean, there's not many discs in my bag that I don't have two of, or that I know I can make the adjustment of, because I've gone out, I've gone out and played rounds with maybe just like three discs. A lot, actually, especially when I first started playing or, or kind of just like experimenting with this i would go out and just go take three discs and i would just throw them on like every angle on the course like all right this is hole number three it's a turnover shot i need to throw my we'll go with a uh, vulture i need to throw my vulture on a turnover here and see how it flies and i need it to fly the shape and the next hole could be a hyzer i need to force this vulture on this hyzer so i would learn how to make adjustments like that because i know there's there's going to be situations like that in tournament so if i lost like the jawbreaker wasp my most understable one, there's some shots I won't be able to do, yes, but I know if I hit my buzz on this certain angle, mm. it can fly very similar. It might leave me 10 feet off the line that I could hit with my jawbreaker wasp, but I know I can still give myself an opportunity in situations like that. So it is an adjustment in that sense of mm. where I know you might I can... have to hit like you might have to throw a little bit more of a skillful shot exactly. because you have to manipulate the disc yes. versus letting the disc exactly, work. Exactly, exactly. So I know, you know, that I think that's kind of that's one of the things is when people say they know their bag they know like not just that my wasp can throw start the highs like this turnover all the way if i roll if i wanted but knowing that i could throw my buzz on a little less hyzer than that and still get it to finish like i need my wasp to do so i think that's really what the term of knowing the bag is or knowing your bag so that's how i make the adjustment but i honestly i wouldn't swim for it so what would you? <laughs> so what's like now, nah, I'm not going in it. Yeah. Do you have any like drills or suggestions? Like you're just talking about that buzz being able to match that wasp. Is there something that like people at home can be like, oh, I can go to a field and this is how I can learn easily which uh -huh. disc can cover this type of a shot. Yeah, just like you said, go out into a field, take every one of your discs, find a point in the sky where you want to throw an Anheuser or a Heiser, whatever line, and throw every disc in your bag like that and see how they react to that angle. And see, like, oh, if I throw my buzz on a turnover, it's just going to keep gliding right. Or if I throw my wasp on a turnover, it's going to keep gliding right. But if you hit it with, like, an undertaker, it might want to flex out a little bit. So what angle do you have to hit in order for it to finish, like, those buzzes, to finish, like, those wasps? So and this is where, like, form is huge because if your form is absolutely trash yeah. and you go out there yeah. and each one of your throws, like, you can do that and mm -hmm. literally see instantly, yep. oh, wow, this disc is great. Yep. Where if you're throwing and you're thinking you're throwing it on anheuser and you're throwing uh -huh. it flat or you're yep. throwing it on a For hyzer sure. and you're like oh this disc is so stable yeah it's definitely. like no dude you like you're not throwing it so yeah. this is where like you you were talking about earlier about the biggest difference between like amateurs and pros uh -huh. is the consistency yeah so instead of worrying about so much about like hey i need to learn how to throw 500 feet it's like no, learn how to throw 300 feet consistently over and over and over again so then you can learn your bag. You can learn those discs. Yeah. And that, well, one, one more thing. It's like if I'm throwing my buzz on this turnover line and having it just kind of glide out like this, I could hit that same line with my undertaker, but since it's a fairway driver, I can hit it lower to get it to have that same flight. Mm. You know, So you can change the stability by the heights too. Mm. So that's another mm -hmm. thing. Um, I think that's big with amateurs is wanting to always – 
go out and just see how far they can throw and not doing form. And I know, like, you know, new players, well, everyone can really learn specifically from what you did when you started in your videos for the first few week, months, you didn't even have a distance driver in your bag. Mm-mm. And you were working with just mids for a long time, and then you just threw in fairways, and then eventually you got to, you know, your distance drivers. But you should be going out there working on form, exactly what you did. You nail down your form, and that's when you can throw a distance driver, and it reacts exactly how it's supposed to. Not when Joe Schmo goes out and throws a distance driver, and that's all he's throwing, and it's going 230 feet. Yeah. I mean, how many times do you get to a hole, and you're like, I got to throw this as hard as I can? Not that like, often. during a round. Yeah. Like, none. Yeah, well, so then, why, so why would you go out to a field and practice throwing as hard as yeah. you can? Right. I'm going to say, in a tournament, is there ever a point that you're throwing 100% power? Not that often. I mean, because even your consistency would go off a little bit if you're throwing as hard as you possibly could, well, right? Well, I mean, that, and it's like, how much do I trust the playing surface that we have? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it's very exactly. rare do I have, like, something where I'm like, all right, I'm not going to slip here. Mm-hmm. I can yeah. just unleash one. Yeah, and going and kind of, like, comparing it to golf, there, you know, there's a this this kind of this, this thought of, like, oh, golfers only swing, like, 80%. And it's like, no, they definitely don't swing 80%. And I think it's the same it's same as disc golf. These guys aren't, when they're throwing 550 feet, they're not doing 80%. But like Paul's saying, they're not doing 100. Right. They're not doing a 360 spin move, yeah. ripping it as hard as they can, like they're out in the desert. Yeah, They're still throwing hard. Yeah. But they're like 90 to 95% is controlled. Yep. Mm. Where most amateurs, their ninety to ninety-five percent is not controlled. So mm-hmm. I would say it's very similar in golf, where you know if you look at my swing speed, I can swing a club one hundred and thirty-five, almost one hundred and forty miles per hour. But when I'm swinging normal, it's like one twenty-seven. Okay. That doesn't mean I'm just up here going, oh yeah, one twenty-seven, three hundred twenty-five yards. No, uh-huh. I'm still like putting a move on it, but I'm not like. Killing yourself. Unleashing. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's probably very similar to disc golf where these guys aren't throwing out their shoes unless they're Drew Gibson where he looks like he's almost literally <laughs> throwing out of his Calvin shoes every time. Calvin um, yeah, yeah. I mean, they're they're still throwing it. So don't think like at home like, gosh, these guys are barely trying and they're throwing it 500 feet. No, they're, they're throwing it. But it's so controlled. Like they can control a 90, 95% throw. So how – Did you miss one? No, no, it just came out right here. This is what's more. Yeah, you can this cut us off yes. when super chats come on. Cut, I think cut me off. Rolls so right with it too. this is this is uh, our weekly super chat from Chris Neal. Yeah. Every single week he super wow. chats. Wow. Normally he gives towards my home repair fund when something yeah, falls. <laughs> um, but he said, "What's more important, distance or accuracy?" I'd say I I would say I'm guessing we were all gonna say accuracy. Distance. Oh. Really? Mm-hmm. More important. More important than accuracy. Let's hear it. Why? I mean, how far are you saying this accuracy? Is? Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think we have to know. So, so maybe the correct answer is like a mixture of both. Because right. I I would say distance as well. If we start talking like, because I think if you can throw if you can throw mm-hmm. it like let's just say five fifty, mm-hmm. then you can throw your putter on these lines where yeah. you're like controlling on three hundred foot shots where someone with pure accuracy is throwing their distance driver through mm-hmm. three hundred fifty foot lines. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, it, so, it depends. But like, like you were saying, there's some beginners that can throw 500 feet. Sure. I've seen those players. Yeah. But most of the time, their 500 feet is at sacrificing consistency. I mean, so I think... like, I they're think hitting the, that, and I, yeah, they could throw a putter 300, but there's no way they're throwing the putter 300 straight. I because think... 
Yeah, I think the better question is like, would you rather be able to throw over 500 feet, but consist not consistently, but on occasion throw OB, like just spray them left and right, or would you rather be able to throw 300 feet in the fairway every time? My answer is 300 feet in the fairway every time. What do you think is harder to do? What for you right now? Would it be harder for you to gain? really good accuracy or 500 feet of distance it would be harder for me to gain really good accuracy mine would be distance i mean it's harder i mean like backhand wise i can only throw 350 maybe i just know my harder to throw because i i've I've hit that like 475 to 500 foot range before yeah so for me for me to get back there without caring about consistency or for me to get my 300-foot buzz game to where it's laying in the same spot every time, that's way harder to me. For me to throw that buzz and know every time I throw question. the buzz 300 feet, it's landing within five <sighs> feet of each other, that's feel, way harder to me. I feel like disc golf is is so much more different than golf. Because golf, the answer would be right away, it would be accuracy. Easily. Because well, it also depend what course you're playing. No, no, no. doesn't matter. In disc golf, I'm saying. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And oh. disc golf, that's why it's such a more interesting question mm-hmm. because I don't think there is an actual right answer. Mm. Where in golf, the right answer is 100% accuracy because you you look at some of the guys that compete on a, on a daily basis and, and they're even the long hitters, if you look at them, they're insanely accurate uh, when it comes to like their wedges and stuff. Yeah. Right? They can hit really, really far. Um, and that was like the thing that like made Dustin Johnson. I don't know how golf friendly we are here, People but know Dustin Johnson. yeah, but that's what made him go to such a high level so fast is he's like, I can hit the ball really far, but my wedges suck. So he literally spent like six months just working on like a hundred yards and in mm-hmm. and got stupid accurate at that. But disc golf's a whole different ball game because it's like, I think drives are so much more important in disc golf. Getting off the yeah, especially with this whole OB situation, which I don't know if we really want to go into. I want to. <laughs> but that's like, golly, I don't like the whole OB thing. Which part of OB don't you like? It's not OB. That's not out of bounds. That's not how out of bounds works. How's out of bounds? You lost me. If you throw out of bounds, yeah. well, what course you're are you re- talking about? You're re- any oh, course. Oh, you're saying oh, you're, how you OB want stroke works. And distance you're re-throwing. You threw yeah. it out of bounds. You didn't throw it in play. So you think if you threw the disc, if you threw the disc and it just went out into the middle of space and it never landed, do you go, oh, I think it, I think it was over here, and you play from there, or do you go, I have no idea where my disc is, it's lost, I have to go back, take a stroke penalty, and throw again. What happens? Technically, lost disc, you should be walking back and re-throwing. Yeah. So what's different with OB? OB Uh, technically, (laughs) yeah, but but that's kind of the idea is like you set up this out of bounds perimeter. You threw it, I mean, in Mario Kart, when yeah. you drive off a track out of bounds, does it just shoot you super far forward by the finish line? Or does it pick you up and drop you back where you fell out of bounds? So are you saying... Uh, Mario Kart, Dark Horse. Are you, <laughs> are you saying you don't like the idea of drop zones, or you don't like the idea of where you crossed out of bounds, you move there? Out of bounds shouldn't have drop zones. He's saying okay. Hazards, hazards should have drop zones. What are you? So that's what I'm asking. Are out of saying, bounds should not have drop. Are zones. you saying stroke and distance? Like if I throw a tee shot, it lands OB. Should I be you're advancing re-teeing. to where it crosses? You're reteeing. Okay, so you're saying bring stroke and distance back. Yeah, because my 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 main reason for that is you look at hole 17 at the USDGC, which is like what was it whistling. Golds or what was it Winthrop. called? Winthrop. Winthrop. Wow. Winthrop. Winthrop. Is it just Winthrop it's or Winthrop Gold? Gold. Winthrop okay. Gold. Yeah. I got one. I got. You got one of. It. I got the W. <laughs> Whistle. I got the W. So I watched. I went back and probably watched 
10 rounds or something mm -hmm. chase card lead card different people showing it and 17 if you look at that now granted i haven't been there so i haven't played it it's but not I'm, scary but i'm just basing i'm just basing it off of distance and i'm just basing it off of the type of throw you need it's not a hard hole you have a huge landing area. You don't have to throw it that far. You can throw like an easy little turnover shot. The only reason, and this is where I think I would love to see, uh, I would just love to see this if this is possible to do like a scientific experiment, is if you took 10 people that have never played that hole and said, hey, this is OB, but if you throw OB, you get to drop inside the circle 40 feet. I'd throw that on purpose. And then you take, well, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. And then you take 10 people and you say, hey, this is OB. If you throw OB, you're reteeing. I would love to see how many people throw OB in the first group versus the second group. My guess, second group throws way more OB. Absolutely. Because yeah. they're in their head being like, I cannot throw OB. Exactly. Yeah. Where the happens. first group goes, if I throw OB, I still have a putt to save par. Yeah. Because yeah. that's so, what. I've talked about that that hole multiple times, and I've heard. I think you've even said this. If you just if you take the OB off that hole and you put that hole on any course, you're never missing the birdie. It's easy. You're just throwing a little putter down there and you're tapping out. But as soon as you say what you throw, like as soon as you throw that in, and it always comes down to 17 because yeah. you're always walking up to 17. You got a half mile walk mm -hmm. to think about if I. Dang, it's that long from 16 to 17. Mile. How long is it? 16 to 17. Quarter mile. I mean, quarter mile. My driveway. Long. It's a, okay. It's a long Okay. Walk I like that. Makes you think it. about it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Even as a fan, you and start getting nervous. It's well, on a road. Too. I'm getting nervous right now. We're yeah. just talking Wait, about it. You should go back and watch uh, USDGC 2015, maybe. No, 18. When he, I've seen it. 2014 just, is a great one. I haven't with, seen uh, Johnny. Is that 20 Johnny? I saw that. You watched it. Oh, I might Johnny, have seen it. We watched that, Bob. Okay. But, like, let's another thing. Let's take away the hay bales. Yeah. Okay. And take 10 people and put them there. No hay bales, and just no, don't say anything. Just say, throw the shot. How many of those 10 shots land what would have been inbounds versus taking 10 people, put the hay bales, and say it's OB? Well, that makes it, yeah, that makes it hard, the hay bales. Yeah. yeah. But, like, well, I'm just saying theoretically, if the hay bale was, like, I know obviously yeah, yeah. you can't skip and stuff. But I'm saying You're even saying if you can't, OB. I'm just saying the idea of, like, if there was no, like, OB mentally in your head and you just yep. saw that shot, how many people are throwing it deep in the water how many people are throwing it short and hitting the hay bales? My guess is most pros are sticking it pretty right. Close. Yeah, yeah, and pretty close. So th my thought is everyone, a lot of people keep talking about we need to make disc golf harder, we need to make disc golf harder. And their way of doing that is let's just throw OB everywhere and let's just put it everywhere and make it super confusing for players on tee boxes to have no idea where's OB. <laughs> and let's make it super confusing for the viewer because Paul throws 550, which looks to be like an amazing shot right down the middle. And then all of a sudden the announcer goes, oh, that was OB. And you're like, what? <laughs> so instead of doing that and making it confusing by adding more, let's scale the OB back, but make the OB more devastating make it if you throw this shot and you go ob you're re-teeing if yeah, you putt this if you putt this death putt and it goes ob you're re-teeing oh, or you're re not re-teeing re sorry re you're re-putting like holy cow yeah. <laughs> okay. you're re-putting again usddc 
the drop zone at um, the sand, uh, uh-huh. the, the beach sand. Yeah. If you putt that and it goes over into that water, you don't just drop right there and have a tap in. You, you re-putt that same putt. That plays mind yeah. games. So I want to hear your thoughts on this because I know in general... Because I just dropped a bomb. <laughs> well, I know in general disc golfers... Paul might be hey, hating it. I don't yeah, know. Might be. This is this is this is my how I take my my world championship from Paul <laughs> is this <laughs> new implementation uh, implementation of yeah of rules of changes the rules because I, I know in general <laughs> yeah. disc golfers historically have hated stroke and distance. I've heard so many complaints about stroke and distance here there. So first I want to hear your take, and then I want to hear why you think disc golfers have Hate a strong yeah. dislike for it. Well, I think the first thing is I don't think a lot of disc golfers don't like it. I think it's people like to, you know, it, it can blow up real fast, yeah. which is, mm-hmm. you know, part of the game of golf. I don't hate it. I don't hate stroke and distance. I think the reason people hate it is because it messes with ratings. And I, yeah. I'm not one that's a big fan of ratings <sighs> because that's just that. Yeah, exactly. Is now, that now really why sense. people yeah. hate it? Yeah, that's why USDGC doesn't have ratings because they have stroke and distance uh. holes. And it's against PDGA and it's rules. Against P- yeah, so it's like it's a ratings thing, is what it turns out to be. But I don't, yeah. I don't understand that. Like People if are scared I of it hurting their rating, so like, I know, well, but I, that, but hurting it, my ratings could also be me having a hurt. terrible putting round it's is no, going to hurt my ratings. The thing is, right? it doesn't, it doesn't even hurt ratings. It, it actually increases ratings for the people that play well. Like I could go out and shoot like like I think it was Ledgestone for example. Simon and I shot like I think fifty and fifty one. I don't know the exact number, or maybe like fifty three, fifty four. Which is like a really good score because of the conditions. Everyone else shot really bad and it was stroke and distance. And we had like the hot round by like seven or eight. And then our ratings were like 1100 and everyone else was still getting like 1020, 1015. Yeah. So it was throwing the ratings so far off because two people had a good round. The rest were struggling with the conditions. Mm-hmm. It's just like. So if we just get rid of the ratings at the pro level, mm-hmm. then people, I mean, I think it was, it's still yeah, just, it boggles my mind how someone at a pro level is going into a tournament and they're they're more concerned with what my rating is going to be after the tournament versus what my place is in the tournament. Yeah. I don't, I've never cared about well, do you never If I could win a ratings. tournament with the lowest rating in the world, I would I would not care. If I won a tournament and I shot 960 the entire time. Yeah. And I won. <laughs> Who cares? Yep. No one's gonna go back He's and be like, "Half my wins." <laughs> <laughs> but well, who cares? Yeah, like yeah. you have you you won. Yeah. yeah. That's that. I mean, the goal is you need to beat the people that are there. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. so why does it matter what your rating is? So do you think that I know you said you said you didn't really like ratings. Do you think that? ratings are weighed too heavily from the sponsor side that that's what's pressuring people because i know there's oh, like a like oh because like all the different levels rated, and stuff uh, yeah, yeah. Thousand, mm-hmm. if you're not like 10 20 maybe the sponsor's like well does he really need yeah. a tour series people disc? are like yeah you should get to 10 10 or you should be a thousand yeah rated. once you're a thousand rated you come back and talk to us is it that that's pressuring people or is it just people i just said pressuring people <laughs> pressuring people or is it just that they want that four digits next to their name that's pressuring them <sighs> I mean, I don't want to go down the rating conversation because it's <laughs> yeah, a long cause I'm, one. Yeah, because my mind over here is yeah. blowing but up. I'm it's just, it's simmering over here. I don't know. It, it's just it's a weird number. You know, you could you could play one tournament and have a 1020 rating. Yeah. And does that give you you know the opportunity to be sponsored, or you can just be playing all these tournaments in what people like to call like a dead rating area? You know, 
is that like mean that person's not as good because they can't go and travel and play the tournaments like others or like what's the deal like yeah like, the ratings is so it's all over the place and it's just one of those things like no other sport does Rings. anything like that and and even like let's just say our sport changed like and literally turned to every other sport which does like a, yeah. a ranking system right yeah. um whether we have like a jomez ranking who goes to a lot of the tournaments watches a lot of footage so they have a good idea of the top players or you have i mean even if you want to spread it to where it's like you know a press ranking where it's a bunch of the different guys that film and uh all two world all these other people smashbox and they come with a top 20 rankings whatever yeah that's what all these other sports do, whether it's yeah. teams or players. And even so, even then, that doesn't guarantee that you d- are deserve you yeah. deserve anything. Yeah. If if you're one of the top fighters in the UFC, I mean, look at Tyron Woodley, right? He's one of the top fighters in the UFC, but for whatever reason, he's never really been able to have a crazy fan base that have really, really wanted to watch him fight like some of the other fighters, even though he's always been at the top. So this idea of, hey, if I just get my rating high enough, I'm going to get sponsored, I'm gonna do this, whatever, people are gonna watch me, that's insane. That's not how it works. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Well, that, I think to me that just not that's not how sports work. Yeah, I think ratings are weird too. Like I think it should be based on how you're finishing. You know, I, if people are just looking at your rating, like, oh, he's 1030 rated. It's like, well, how has he done this year? Oh, he's got yeah. like three first places, a few seconds, top 20s. Like, people kind of just overlook that. And the first thing they see is rating. Yeah. You know, oh, he's I 1035. Mean, what would we cool. say White Chocolate's rating is in basketball? Do you remember, you guys remember White yeah. Chocolate, the yeah. uh, the guy on the Celtics? Yeah. Um, what's uh, gosh, what's his name? Something Chat, Williams. what's his name? Something you, Williams, right? Wait. You know, Jason Williams? Oh, yeah, Jason. Is it Jason? Well, no. wait, no, 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 that. So that's the original white chocolate. Yeah, you're the guy. About the tall. I'm talking about the tall guy. Looks like he's like a. a, a he bags groceries. Uh, <laughs> I think he has red hair. Yeah, I mean, you lost can, me. Can now. we? Can we? Yeah, can we look? Uh, they may know who I'm talking about. Yeah. They he, he, I think he was on the Celtics. What they called him Mamba. Was it Mamba? No, people. Sorry, it's not white chocolate. It's the it's the big big white guy that shoots. He was Scalabrini. Oh yeah, Scalabrini. Okay. What was the nickname? What was the nickname he gave himself? Uh, the White Mamba. Was it the White, white Mamba? Mamba? White Mamba. It was yeah, the White, white Mamba. Mamba. R.I.P. Um, <laughs> what? Let's just real quick. What do you think? Does everyone know who Scalabrini is? I know the no, name. I don't watch basketball. Are you out? Yeah, I, I, I know the name. I can put a face to it, I but I don't know. So much you're out. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's me and Paul. Yeah, it's you and Paul. What do you think his basketball rating would be if 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 ratings were similar to like nine thirty five? Is he the like he looks like <laughs> yeah, a dad, right? Maybe maybe high eight hundreds. Yeah. He just he just looks like a your average Joe Schmo dad. Yes, just he red, does. Red hair. And, yeah, and his yeah. and his rating would be but high eight hundred. One of those dudes you have no idea how he made in the NBA, but yeah. he's there. Yeah, but his okay. popularity is. Uh, another person, Lynn. Um, Jeremy Lin. Jeremy Lin. Yep. His rating for a point guard, 980. But he yeah. went through that 1050 spell in Linsanity. Sure, but <laughs> was he really a 1050 player during that? Or was there just a crazy amount of hype? I think there was and hype and no one expected him to like, go off. He had like 10, 10 good games. Yeah, yeah. and so that, that's my thing is you can't just say like this guy's insane and really, really good. And so therefore he should be sponsored. He should have a... Uh, 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 a shoe deal he should whatever i don't like that i don't like that i like the idea of like this 960 guy 
without ratings, this 960 guy all of a sudden shows up to a tournament. No one knows what his rating is because ratings don't exist. And he blows up. And now everyone's not concerned. Like, oh, my God, the guy. No one's saying, oh, my God, that guy's 960. I can't believe he won. They're saying, who is this guy? I've never seen him before. Like, they're just not. I don't know. I like that idea of saying, like, having people be able to grow and not be held back by a number. So what yeah. do y'all think of the... And Zach and I have talked about this a number of times. I've got a su- few Super Chats. Yeah, we'll way. get to some Super Chats right after this question. Yeah, because um, I just went off. Yeah. And people are <laughs> probably know. freaking out. So I want to know both of y'all... It's all caps. I, I think y'all are on like <laughs> two... I think one of you... Like you're on the golf end of the spectrum. You have this disc golf route. I want to hear both of your opinion on disc golf adopting the ball golf like web.com type of thing where you have to play to get your tour card to be so like maybe the disc golf pro tour silver series you play there ratings are gone your silver series you play there the top x players or however you want to do it at first but the top x players have this tour card that allows them into pro tour events so then that rate minimum rating cap of the lloyd lloyd wima rule is gone Shout out Lloyd Weaver. And then it's the <laughs> it's the now, okay, I have to have this elusive tour card. And the tour card is now more of that what disc golf now considers that thousand rated currently of like now sponsors are looking at you because now you have this elusive tour card putting you in the top. Yeah, I think when I first went pro in like two thousand eight, I think there was a tour card. I think all it did was hold yeah, but, you, hold your spot in tournaments. Right, oh, okay. but everyone got a tour card, didn't they? No, you had to be a thousand rated. No. Oh. Yeah. There's the rating thing though. Yeah. So <laughs> I mean I'm I'm all for that. I think I think one day I think that's kinda of what the disc golf pro tour is doing. Is kind of becoming that like PGA tour, which kind of you know, that, that turns into web dot com and all that other stuff. Okay, but yeah. I think I think that's a great way to go. I mean golf already did hundreds of hundreds of years of work for us, so why yeah. would we not adopt that? So because we want to um, be a grassroots sport. Yeah, yeah. Say, be careful. Everyone's going to be pissed that you just said that. Hey, hey well, if any <laughs> ultimate players are in here, let me tell you right now, that's the same mindset that we had. Everyone's saying we want to be different. Hate to break it to you. You throw a Frisbee. That's <laughs> yeah. different. I think trying to be too different, that's what holds the sport back. Is because you- you're doing things. It's not so much like let's be like the other sport to be like the other sports. No. They do that because people enjoy it. Like yeah. it's an easier fan experience. Yeah. So why are we making it not as enjoyable for the fans? Yeah. If I scroll yeah. down right now, everyone's like, "I bet you. Why? Why are we? Why do you want to be like golf? We don't have. We shouldn't be like golf. We're not golf. Yeah. But like, what's what the you, Why? What why would you not want to be like golf? I think it's the. I, I think what that. you just said is perfect. Of we throw frisbees. That's you different know, enough. It's different yeah. enough because I think the the whole part that people don't like about golf is that country club you know, pay-to-play type of sure. a, but that, a like, not, breakthrough, a glass yeah. ceiling type thing yeah. that you have to, like... But that's also very... That's, like, um, that's very old golf. Like, that's breaking away now. There's so many more public courses. Yeah. So many more courses where you could show up to the driving range in a cutoff and yeah. jeans and, and, and play. That's every course I, around here. Yeah, I think, I think a lot of that <laughs> stigma <laughs> is slowly going away. Yeah. Um, I lost one of the Super Chats. It was so long ago. It was something... Oh, man. Oh. It was, I know it. It was... um. Huh. He asked about, he was a lefty. I don't remember what that had to do with the question I'm about to ask, but he was a lefty, and he wanted to know Paul's farthest flying putter mid and driver. His was a vulture and an undertaker. Who? Oh, his the, was? This guy, yeah, yeah in the All super right. chat. I, I, wish I, I wish I knew putter mid name. and driver? I'll let both y'all All answer right. that. His name was Jace, 
J A S T O N. All right, so we should, we should just ask him right away next time. Luna, okay. Buzz, and. Like yeah, cut minutes. us off. Cut us off. Cut us off. Because I, I can go on some rants. All right, okay. well, I'll answer it after I finish the one. But as far as golf, I think. I think um, I mean, maintenance, I think it's a big reason why it's so expensive. And then yeah. they're private land, so they got to get their investments on the you know, on the property. So, Shout um, out to Daniel Wright before I lose your super chat. Oh, wait, he's here? Tell him to come pick up his feathers. But yeah, I think, I mean, they already did the work for us. I think we should follow, not, I mean, follow in their footsteps as much as we can while still being, you know, ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I'm, I'm all for the pro tour doing that. If it's the pro tour. And having a, a series like that, I don't care if I have to qualify. Like that'd be fun. So, uh, yeah. we can all start from the bottom and and do it. And then, Luna Buzz Zeus. That's your farthest flying fee. Yeah. What's your farthest flying fee right now? You said Luna Buzz Zeus. Yeah, yeah. your putter. Am, am I bad? Uh, yeah. So I mean, it'd be it'd probably be my my Roach. It'd be my Meteor, and then it'd be my Nuke SS. Nice. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. What? Oh, go ahead. You can finish answering that golf question. Yeah, I mean, I'm just going to say, like... New disc. Is, is that a mid? Or a I mean, I would... Is what uh, a mid? Oh, uh, uh, it's a hybrid. Disc. Oh, it's called a hybrid. Keep what, going, though. What is? I said my new disc. Is that a mid or... Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> Not everyone. That <laughs> is... That, that, new that new disc does go. It's it got did. some pop. Um, <laughs> yeah, just to answer the golf question, I would love to kind of hear more about oh. why becoming more like looking at what golf does and and trying to model more of disc golf and i'm not saying like changing certain like changing everything but definitely looking at what works and try to model off of that because the way i look at it is if we can bring more sponsors in that means there's going to be more money for the top pros that means the top pros can quit their jobs and actually spend their entire time getting better. So that means the fans watching are going to get better golfers playing. You're going to play at better courses that are going to be more well-maintained. You're going to have a better fan experience when you go to the courses. So instead of just showing up to a course and there's no parking situation, there's no food on site, there's no bathrooms, you're going to have all that stuff because the sponsors are going to be putting a lot of money into their tournaments and wanting to make sure it has a good fan experience. Um, the products coming out, there's going to be way more products coming out because there's more money being thrown into the sport. There's going to be more kids playing at a smaller, at a younger age, knowing that, Hey, I, I want to strive to become this and this be a job. I mean, I, I have a hard time seeing how any of that is bad. Yeah. I absolutely I agree with you. Yeah. I think this is something we post on Reddit. We got to jump on We got the super quick. chat. I there think that's go. a question we, we post on Reddit and just let the thread go and see where it goes. Well, real quick, before I answer the super chat, we have a Patreon that oh, right yeah. after this, because this is almost done. Yeah. We're going to be hopping over to the Patreon page. And I say we pick kind of right up with the ratings and golf thing in the Patreon thing so we can kind of roll over those ideas. But let's hop into some super chats here. Patreon link is in the bio. If you guys want to join that conversation after this, um, you almost guarantee your... How, how much do they... What's the $5 level? a month. It's $5. $5 a month and they join on later to hear what me and Paul are going to say? Yep, and then yeah. you still get exclusive you know, other things with that $5 a month. I wonder yeah, if I have something special to announce. 
Oh. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I'll, I'll announce something in the Patreon. Okay. That's a per- yeah. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll drop. I'll Patreon drop a little. Exclusive. Yeah. I'll, I'll drop a little exclusive. Link so. should be in, in the, the bio. bio. If for some reason it's not Patreon.com, search Foundation Disc Golf. Sign up and we'll us. see you right after. Do you have Patreon? Yeah. Like when you drop stuff in Patreon, does it usually stay there, or do you see it later on the internet? No, it's no, it never. Our no one ever. Are, yeah. Oh yeah, our Patreons are loyal, man. Okay, so that's sick. A dot fifty one B says all in capitals. Shout out Virginia. Hashtag new QT Park. Hashtag, Park. hashtag oh, yeah. Waller Miller Park. Hashtag Waller Colonial Mills. Disc Golf. Williamsburg. Yeah, what was okay. the Cal- Someone gave Calvin gave a destroyer to someone. What? Oh, maybe it's oh, right, that's might that be later. later yeah. <laughs> Lucas says I'm waiting for the day that the Brody effect happens in disc golf, the same way that the Tiger effect happens in ball golf. The Brody roar. There we go. I feel like it's gonna be more, more of like a Paul, and then like I'm I, like a smaller, lowercase Brody effect. <laughs> I feel like that's the why Paul, I think it's it's gonna be more caps Paul and then lowercase Brody effect. I feel like the Paul effect's already there. Like if Paul's on Chase card, we we were talking about this at World. If Paul's on like Chase card or third card or whatever, and you're watching lead card, mm-hmm. you always can hear where Paul's card is, and I feel yeah. like that's the same thing people say about Tiger. Is like no matter where you are on the course, you know what whole tiger's on because you can hear the roar whenever he hits. I'm like I'm like the television, like I'm bringing new viewers in to watch Paul. There you go. <laughs> I Paul, I never even saw you get on your phone. I didn't. I read it right there. No, no this you one commented. said you commented. That's not Paul McBeth. That's, That's an Hannah. Oh. oh, she's on here. Okay. <laughs> um, Griffin self said, "Hey guys, I was in Clearwater, Florida this past weekend. Got to play around Calvin." Awesome experience, and he gave me his signed destroyer. That's sick. Chris wow. Neal with another super chat. He says, "Should oh, Pro Tour start charging admission for spectators to generate funds for bigger payouts?" Well, the only time they should do that is when there's a sponsor that is going to run a tournament in a way that a fan goes there and thinks, "Dang, that was worth five bucks." Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And there has been some like like, yeah. San, like San Francisco has done that. Did Ledstone charge? Ledstone charge for parking? USDGC charges. Like there's yeah. a, there's a lot of tournaments that do charge, and I don't know where that money goes. I hope it goes into running the event, the purse, whatever. Mm-hmm. But I think the ones that do it make the most of the experience for the fans. So yeah, because I would hate to see people get charged and there's nothing there. They're literally and, just walking around a park. Yeah, and all of them. I I, I don't think Ledstone has to pay for them, but the pe- places have to rent rent the facilities mm. yeah which is which i think one day it'll be the other way places will want to pay pro tour to come and be at their courses i, I would i would argue that maybe it's, it might it might not be 50 percent, but i would say close to 50 percent. when you go to a sporting event close to half the people there are going for the experience and not even to watch the event yeah like you go to like a baseball game and look around. How many people are like literally like this with like their notepad, like taking down. But like how, like how many? Same thing with like basketball games. They're going to enjoy. Like yeah. go to the bathroom during a basketball game, middle of the quarter, and see how many people are like up getting food, yeah. talking in the bar. Yeah. I mean, it's insane. So yeah. I think that's the idea is like let's make a disc golf tournament experience let's have it be fun for everyone and i think that even rolls into the amateur side i think part of the thing that's holding disc golf back a little bit is the am side currently at least as a, from a td's perspective it, it feels like when i'm running a tournament i'm expected to provide you with a great experience a huge players pack and a huge payout which therefore you know that kind of takes everything that goes into the tournament goes right back out wow. and so it's hard for 
you know, a course want to put on an event because it's not bringing any money into the course. Yeah. It's hard for a person or a company to want to run an event because it's not really bringing any money for the company. You know what I mean? And I think that's something that disc golf is very unique because uh, I think you might have made this analogy. Like if you go run a race, you pay to, yeah. you pay to run yeah. the race and you get a t-shirt. Yep. And well, you yeah. might get, you get a medal for finishing. Right, yeah, that's it. The, the, you're paying the for the experience mm-hmm. of running a well put on race. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And disc golf, much like what you just said about the experience of being a fan, I think that the experience of playing an event also kind of is like just diminished. The whole experience of disc golf right now is kind of diminished because maybe it's the the sponsors. There's not money to put on the right type of event for it to feel like an experience. Maybe it's just the way that TDs have dug ourselves into a hole of like we've given players so much and we are competitive amongst it that now if you don't do it, you kind of look like a bad TD type of Mm, thing. I don't know the solution there. But that's just something I've thought for a while is like we've kind of dug backed ourselves into a corner of how can we grow because now it's like why would this big event company ever want to run a disc golf event because they're looking at it of like how can I make some money off of this and you're not going to because you're going to have to provide a good players pack and a good payout and rent the course and if a player comes and they don't get that then they're not coming back next year. I literally just thought too we had I I think. You guys have something to announce too in the Patreon thing, because yeah, yeah, there was some, there were some deliveries. Oh, there were some deliveries. There were oh, some yeah. deliveries. So yeah, I yeah. feel like, are we supposed? To, are we again, also- if you haven't yet, me and Paul are got to drop some knowledge on you. Wait, wait, are we also supposed to? When this thing ends, for, what do you guys call it? The what do you guys no, that call? That's what we're talking about. What you, that's what, you, what we're dropping. Yeah, we're that's not Patreon say it right now. No, dude, how do you know which one, How do you know what I'm talking about? I know you. <laughs> uh, what do you guys call this? Patreon chit chat coming up? Q and A. Q and A. We just call it post podcast Q and A. He doesn't like that. We haven't got creative. <laughs> you got something? And he just said. Patreon I don't know. Chit-chat. Let me think. Let me maybe think thirty seconds. I'll probably come up with something better. <laughs> All than right, that. hold on. Eric H <laughs> says. Listen to this. Ready? All right. Eric H says, "How do those core changes to the system, like getting rid of ratings and going to tour cards, beginning to take roots, uh, begin to take roots at Players Association?" Question mark. What? I don't get the question. He's saying, like, those core changes. How, like, getting rid of ratings and getting the tour cards, where does that start? What is the, the oh, first Oh, how does it get that? roots? Yeah. I, I think that's so. going to be discussed in the Patreon Q&A. Yeah. I mean, I think, I yeah. He's super chatted. We should give him an answer. I th- <laughs> if there's a if there's an answer you have on your head, maybe there's, we don't know. It's just going to be. Yeah, I think, see, I, I think that's, like, kind of. It's a long unless, conversation. Unless well, Paul has something. I mean, I think it's hard. Like, PDJ is difficult to work with in those things. I right. think I think they're very difficult. They're, they're very slow in their ways and changing things. So. Yeah. I I maybe it's getting new people in there. I don't know. Maybe maybe it's care. getting getting yeah. new people in there, and I think that's going on. So I I don't know. You I might, think it takes yeah. like an aggressive person that gets into the right role. And you might not care about my opinion. Uh, no, I, I very I do care. I'll say this guy probably didn't super chat for my opinion. But my <laughs> opinion is it's the pro tour, and I think it's the pro tour not yeah. breaking off the PDGA, yeah. but being a separate entity. And saying, like, up front, yeah, we have PDGA ratings. But down the road, the Pro Tour saying, we don't care about ratings. Yep. If you want to play in our core events, you have to follow these guidelines. And sure, maybe they still get PDGA ratings, maybe they don't. To me, that's where it comes to, I think, instead of a Players Association kind of bottom-up style, I'm looking at it the top-down style with the, the Pro Tour. And it, like you said, they might be setting this up with the Silver Series already. Right. That's my, where my thinking is, is the Pro Tour kind of runs this and pushes player like if you want to play in the pro tour where the the money's gonna be here's the way you have to get to here and then the pdga can do what they want if i if i were to ask you give me a golf organization what would you say pga 
The PGA Tour? Yeah. yeah. Is that what you say? That's yeah. what I would say. Yeah, you wouldn't say the USGA, right? No. What's no. that? Yeah. That's the, that's, that's, that's the, the, the PDGA. PDGA. The yeah. USGA is the PDGA. Yeah. If I like said, give me a basketball organization, what would you say? NBA. You wouldn't say USA Basketball? No. That's our, that's our dilemma. Okay. Interesting. No one, no one talks that much about the governing body. Because mm-hmm. right. the governing body should be behind the scenes, Separate. making sure everything's fine, but they shouldn't really be pushing the envelope. Interesting. Yeah. All right. So okay. let's hit these and last that, few super. Did you miss one super chat? Look at Chris Neal. Because I feel like, are we, we talking about aliens too? What are we talking about place. aliens? We might talk about aliens. <laughs> uh, Josiah Jenkins said, hashtag bring hot peppers back. No. I don't know if you've ever seen that. He ate oh, a habanero pepper. I'm out. I'm out. He ate a habanero <laughs> pepper live on the me? podcast. Yeah. Bro, were you eating that spicy chicken from Chick-fil-A? His eyes were watering. Where's, oh my I'm gosh. Out. That's so spicy. I'm out. Trevor Strand said. Trevor Strand says the Hades bombs love the content. Awesome. Dirty. That was the rest. All right, guys, we're going to hop over. I love how we clapped at the same time to the Patreon chit chat. Please come up with a better name. I copied you right <laughs> I know, there. but I'm like, I'm, I'm asking these guys. They're All super right. creative. I think Please the, come up with I a better name. I think the best, whoever has, comes up with the best name in the chat gets it for next week. That's what you're going to have to call it all next week. Oh, that's what oh I like it. that. Yeah. It, or like tweet. Tweet like tweet your suggestions so we um, don't miss them. The some of the stuff we'll talk about on Patreon is also going to be sent out to our email list tomorrow, which is because there's some things that are going to be coming onto the site and some other things going on behind the scenes that'll be announced kind of tomorrow. So if you're not a part of our email list, if you go to our website, that one's free. Scroll to the bottom, hit subscribe to our email list. We don't spam you. We just email you and something cool is coming out. So there's also that going on, but it's. 940. I feel like there's some FOMO happening right here because all these people, there's a lot of people in here. Yeah. And there's about to leave. We, uh, and we're going to have a small group to talk to. Yeah. And you're going to be missing out. Also, if you guys aren't subscribed already, <laughs> make sure you subscribe. Uh, we have a video coming out soon that's going to involve the two of them. Um, really interesting video. Yeah. If these guys, guys think they could that. beat us in disc golf. We talked about it. Well, I think that's, on, right? that's not our. Okay. It's fine. There's multiple <laughs> videos with the two of us come or the four of us coming out soon. Think about it. Um. Anyway, Patreon is in the bio. We will be there in. We'll with, what's the minutes. link? What's the link? Patreon.com/slash. I actually don't know if it's slash Foundation Disc Golf, but if you go to Patreon.com and you search it, Foundation Disc Golf. Bro, hold on. Brody's gonna look it up right now. It is Bro. definitely there. You got to give the people the link. I honestly, the link's definitely in the bio. I honestly feel like it's <laughs> Patreon.com/slash user/slash UI. No, 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 no. I don't no, think no, we have a no, custom no, no. link yet, to be honest with you. I don't know if the, I didn't think that was the Patreon, option. The foundation follow-up. Foundation, foundation follow-ups. Follow I like that. You like it? Foundation follow-ups? That's way better. <laughs> okay, so we're using that. That is Thomas Sullivan. Thomas Sullivan. Foundation follow-up. Perfect. Oh, I'm this is title, awesome. I'm a title of the Patreon post. Oh, this that. is a Dark Horse yeah. link. That's the link? Ah, this can't be the slash link. The is leader. this the link? I told you, slash user, slash Google, UI Patreon, Foundation, Disc Golf. It's the first thing. There you we'll go. See you That's the easiest one. Oh, you only have one option. Yeah, yeah we only have one tier. Oh. Five bucks. Oh, then you're just in. Yeah. yeah. It's super easy. <laughs> yeah. I thought there was going to be multiple tiers. Oh, yeah, all right. Yeah, we're just set up. All right. We will be there. Am I joining right now? (laughs) (laughs) FOMO, fear of missing out. All right. We'll be there in 10 minutes, guys. Thank you to Paul and Brody for joining us. And thank to all you guys for joining as well and blowing up the chat. Uh, It was awesome. That was great. Thank you, guys. We will see you next week.